Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever! Best friends forever! And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. That is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Matt Modica on the way in just a moment. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, happy Monday. A very eventful weekend. Lots of trades going down. I feel like we should trade places for the show. What do you think, Greg? All right. <laughs> and there we go. And welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. How you doing, Greg? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. How'd you sleep? Slept pretty well. I, I had a good night's sleep. I even said that to, to Judy. I feel like I slept well. It's good to hear. Yeah, man. Anything uh, eventful this weekend outside of the, these trades? No, we were doing, I was doing a bunch of Father's Day stuff um, with Judy's family this week and went, wound up playing some miniature golf. Went to the range yesterday. Food shopping. That's about it, man. Yeah, pretty, pretty normal weekend. I hear some scuffling in the background. That can only mean one thing, Greg. Maddie Mo. Maddie Mo. How you doing, Maddie? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm still a little angry about uh, what transpired last night. I had no opportunity to win Jordan Alvarez. Came close in one of my 12-team leagues. Only lost out by $21. That was the only legitimate chance I had. But uh, I made some. I made a boo-boo. <laughs> All right, perfect. Okay. We didn't, we didn't hear anything you said. <laughs> we, were, we, were switching we were switching back. back. We were switching back. But I'm sorry you missed out on Jordan Alvarez, and I'm sorry some other things. I think we all, we all missed out on Jordan Alvarez. Do you have any shares? Zero. I have zero shares. Yeah. We are, the, we are officially now the anti Jordan Alvarez show. Boo! Boo Jordan Alvarez! Just kidding. Well, I, I want him to be awesome. Lining. The only silver lining in it is he had what you know four homers this past week and batted almost 400, while nobody in the NFBC owned them. <laughs> that's uh, that's absolutely true. That's, that is a, that is a good point. Four home runs in his first six games, Greggy. 
Oh, so he wasn't... He wasn't available in NFBC. He was available other places. He wasn't available in NFBC until he plays his first game. So you couldn't, put him, you couldn't pick him up like six weeks ago? No, <laughs> you could. Unless he was drafted, right? So Got it. If he was drafted and then dropped, then you could have added him. But in NFBC, if a player has not played a game yet, and I realize he played last Sunday, but he would have to play before Sunday to be added into the player pool. Got it. To be added, so he wasn't available last week in NFBC. So that's why everyone last night was bidding on him. He went for uh, he went for over $500 in both my Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and in our main event league that Matt Modica and I play in together. But that was not the biggest name on the board last night, Greg, that was being bid on. Who was the biggest name on the board that was being bid on, Frank? So there was actually th- this this pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. His name is Andrew Suarez. Uh, he <laughs> he was uh, he was the biggest name on waivers last night. I hear good things about young Andrew Suarez. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I-, I think Matt Modica was one of the first people on Andrew Suarez. So let's go to Modica now for uh, for his thoughts on Andrew. Nice. Yes, uh, young Andrew. Uh, <laughs> I pretty much put in for uh, Jose Suarez of the Los Angeles Angels everywhere. You know, anywhere from like seven to seventeen dollars in that kind of a range. And the other pitcher that was available that I wanted was Sean Alexander. Uh, this team needed two pitchers. Those two fit perfectly. Have uh, Kimbrel uh, on the bench, uh, Paddock, and Glass now. Hopefully, we do see Glass now at some point. And unfortunately, you know, the first bit I had was Jose Suarez. Then Sean uh, Anderson. The conditional bid was, I guess I had, or I, I guess I had uh, Suarez again on top for some unknown reason. But it was Andrew Suarez, not Jose Suarez. And I would have gotten uh, Sean Anderson because he went for seven dollars, and I had him in for sixteen. So I wasted sixteen valuable dollars in a league where me and Andy Saxton are very poor, and I am, you know, I, I just started. Person and you know, I just went on a tirade last night. My mom, who's who stayed over, uh, was quite shocked and appalled. And I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Andrew Suarez on the season two starts 9.00 ERA, 2.00 whip. Do not pick up Andrew Suarez, but I thought that was hilarious. I saw the tweet from Matt Modica. Went into a profanity laced tirade when I realized I wasted 16 precious dollars on Andrew Suarez. Mm. I've apologized to my mom last night and this morning for it. That was hilarious. I was cracking up when I read that, so I was like, all right, let's leave the show I was cracking up when you just told me it. (laughs) What do you got, Matt? I would would like to apologize to uh, Andy Saxton as well, my teammate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully Jose Suarez, uh, you know, isn't all it's cracked up to be, I guess. Uh, Greg, we actually did have a big trade go down over the weekend. We had two. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get into the Anthony Davis trade all that much on this show. Ah, I'd like to. We'll get, we'll get into it at some point this week. Definitely on the uh, the we, NBA Twitch show later. We probably on. should. You know what? We probably should actually film something that we could play as a commercial. Ideally, sure. Yeah, let's yeah maybe do it. later on today. We let's can do, do that. Like that. Yeah. But Edwin Encarnacion caught us off guard randomly, huh? And Saturday evening, randomly comes across Encarnacion traded to the Yankees. And I, I send it over to you and Sandra, and we're just like, huh? Can, so, he, can he pitch? So it's really interesting. So much like the Odell Beckham trade, I was not like sitting in front of my TV or like on my phone. I was at, I was out to dinner on on Saturday night with Judy's family. We were at Anthony's Coal Fired Pizza, and no, no clue. You know what Anthony's is? No, Matt, you know what Anthony's is? Maybe right? you should take me there. Sure. No, I don't. You know what Anthony's is? Oh my god, that's so crazy. Greg, we don't all go to rich establishments. Yeah, like this you. is not a rich <laughs> establishment, dude. This is not a rich establishment. It's, a, it's very clear that Matt and myself have not been there. We're you know pretty normal guys. <laughs> Greg, 
high class dude. Of course, are you never been to Anthony's? Well, what are you talking about? It's only you know fifty bucks a pizza. <laughs> Downstairs, Brian, can you help me out here, dude? Please. That's a rich spot. <laughs> Alex. Nothing. All right. Works for me. You, you, <laughs> you're clearly not paying. Me. You're clearly not paying Pizzer- attention to the pizzeria. Show. Pizzeria. You're, you're clearly not paying attention. Isabella, are, have you been to Anthony's? And she's gone. Where is, Where is Anthony's? There's Anthony. It's a chain. It's a chain restaurant. It's a chain restaurant. All, I mean, it's in Jersey. It's in Pennsylvania. It's in well, Philly. Saturday, I was at TGI I was Friday's telling, telling break, a, story. a normal, you know, middle-class restaurant. It's just, this could not be more middle-class. Anthony's <laughs> Coal-Fired Pizza, dude. All right, all right. It's just, it's just a coal oven. They put pizza. It's pizza. Okay, so aside from the pizza, what about and the Encarnacion? Pizza and wings. Anyway, so my phone's buzzing while I'm sitting there eating my meatball pizza. And I'm like, what is happening? What, what is going on? I saw it was you and Sandra. I'm like, what? E.E.? What? And I saw Edwin Encarnacion uh, coming to the Yankees. I was trying to figure out how he fits because now it means Giancarlo Stanton's got to play the outfield every day. Edwin Encarnacion, who leads the American Leagues in home runs, the DH every day. I want to say IH, which is hysterical. Um, Why? Put, it's like DL, it became the IL. So oh, now I want to say it's like IH. I, I had to think about it. So he's a DH every day. And the long-lasting effects in fantasy isn't even so much about Edwin Encarnacion, who you were excited about because he's a better ballpark, he's to play every day, you're pumped about the lineup, that's all great, but you have him, you're starting him. Everything's gone well for Edwin Encarnacion outside of the injury that he's suffering with his back right now. So that doesn't really change all that much. The one big thing that changes here is, Matt, your boy Clint Frazier. You liked him last year, you loved him this year. The question you we had early was, do you want to... Spend all this money on him because you don't know when he's going to be sent down. And you are always aggressive when it comes to prospects. You always say you'll figure it out later. Well, later has arrived. It's now June 16th, and we don't know when Clint Frazier was, will be back. If everybody comes back healthy next weekend, Matt, Aaron Judge being the last piece, he could be back literally as soon as Friday. And if that's the case, and everybody stays healthy, Frazier's not coming back anytime soon. So as somebody that has a ton of shares of Clint Frazier... What do you do? Uh, what you do is you just hold him right now because you have to assume he is going to be put in a package and traded for that pitcher that they did not get. Look, the lineup looks you know terrifying if everybody's healthy. But come playoff time, they're going to need pitching. I don't know what to expect from Severino. You know, If you want to be the optimist and say he's going to be fine and be the Severino that was lights out, that's great. But I think that's getting ahead of yourself here. You want to see him actually pitching a game first. And, you know, Herman was really good early. So as far as Frazier goes, you know, up until two days ago, his last 20 games, he was batting 335 homers, 16 RBIs, 643 slug, uh, you know, and he's no longer on this team. So I get his frustration. I know the defense was suboptimal. Nothing you can do. I wouldn't drop him in, in uh, 12 teams or above right now. Of course, Cashman made it known this team deserves more from, from the way they played. So an arm is coming. I would think Trevor Bauer is somebody they're really going to make a push at. I don't think it's a bum gun. I think they want like a Bauer-type guy. 
So I think that would be a package kind of deal. Yeah, Clint Frazier, I saw this yesterday. He's a batting average, batting average with runners in scoring positions, 385 on the year. He has 11 home runs. He's, a, he's been a major part of the Yankees' success. Uh, he slumped coming off the IL, but everybody slumps he, at some points during the year. And I think that's what that was. It was a slump. Overall, he's been a major, major contributing factor to this Yankees team. And you can tell Frank yesterday in the when he sat there at his locker this time giving his thoughts, he's pissed <laughs> off. And he's just like, it's a tough pill to swallow. He... He thought that he would go down probably when Judge came back. Mm-hmm. I assumed he thought he would be the last one standing. But having an option hurt him this time. And, and I said this to you yesterday. The only reason they sent Frazier down yesterday rather than today is tonight they're going to either start Maven or Talkman, and that's going to be it. They didn't want Frazier for tonight. Because when Stanton came back, we all knew Maven was going to stay because they'd have to DFA him, and, and uh, ultimately Frazier was, would go down. And potentially they didn't want to fly him back to New York, just fly right back to Scranton, bruh. Yeah, I understand his frustration because he, for the most part, has played well this year. And, you know, Matt was talking about what he's done recently in the month of June. He had turned it around. 320 batting average, a home run, six ribbies this month. So he was playing well, but you you talked about it, Greg. He had an option left. And Cameron Mabin, they're going to keep him around for a little while. Uh, Defense, and he could be, you know, a pinch runner. Uh, But, you know, once Stanton and Judge are back, uh, they're expecting Stanton to be back Tomorrow, and then judge, hopefully, over the weekend, someone's got to go. And because he has the options, I think, uh, I think uh, it makes sense that he got sent down. And it seems like, I don't know if he's the most likable guy. Like, we've talked about that before. We talked about well. it on the air and that off the contributed air. To it, I, don't, I don't think he has many friends on the team. I don't think so either. But I, I do agree with Matt that I, I, w- I would try to keep him around on my team, especially in deeper leagues, because if they make a trade, when they make a trade, I, I think he, there's a good chance he could be part of that. Now, if he ends up in San Francisco, obviously that's suboptimal. Uh, Toronto wouldn't be so bad if it's for Stroman. Uh, are the Clint Cleveland Clint, Indians, if they trade Bauer, do they want Clint Frazier back? They yes. traded him for a reason, so... No, they, tra- they traded him because you wanted Andrew Miller. That's why they traded him. Yeah. Like, 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 to me, I agree with Matt. When it comes to Clint Frazier, I, I think he's proven that... He, he can, can hit, hit in the majors, yeah. Correct. And I don't think for a guy like Madison Bumgarner, who's a rental... Or even a guy like Marcus Stroman and in the division, I don't think they trade Frazier in either of those deals. I think Matt's right. Where if you're going to go out and get a Trevor Bauer or you get a Corey Kluber, like it's a little bit different. And that's a trade you move Frazier in. I don't think Frazier goes in a deal for Stroman or Bumgarner. Uh, interesting enough, I tweeted out something yesterday just to show uh, how Clint Frazier's done this year. And it's not a knock on Glaber Torres. I'm a big Glaber guy. He helped me win a lot of money last year. But outside of the Orioles, where both of those players excelled in the games they played versus Baltimore, Clint Frazier's been a better hitter than Glaber Torres versus teams not named the Orioles. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, I would try and hold on to my agree with Matt that they're going to make a trade and he's probably going to land into some uh, full-time playing time. Uh, If we get to the trade deadline and he's not moved, then I would say at that point... Uh, you might be able to drop Clint Frazier unless another injury occurs. But I bring that up because there are ripple effects with this Edwin Encarnacion trade. Now that Stanton's going to be expected to play the outfield every day, the fact that he's already dealt with shoulder injuries and bicep injuries and and a calf injury, I think he puts himself at a risk for a higher risk for re-injury, the fact that he's going to have to play the outfield every day. We've seen this with guys like Nelson Cruz in the past, Will Myers, where you know once Nelson Cruz became an everyday DH, he wasn't as injury-prone all of a sudden. The year that Will Myers played first base every day, he wasn't as injury prone. When those guys were in the outfield, they were more prone to injury, and I think that might be the case for John Carlos Stanton. So 
I, I do have some worry there too as well, Greg. Yeah, and I, I think it's reasonable. I think the the fact that you're going to count on Stanton to play the outfield every day, something he did not do last year, it's a bit nerve-wracking. Now, Frank, it's not like this dude's in his 30s, right? Like, he's in the prime of his career. He came off playing in the NL where he played the outfield every single day. I know last year he didn't necessarily do it, but when Judge went down, he was in right field every day. So I don't want to make a big thing out of... And he was banged up, though, if you remember. He was playing through a hamstring injury, too. Because he had to play the outfield. Yes, yeah. he was, but he's had three months off at this point, it feels like, you know? Like, get out there and play, dude. I, ho- I hope you're right. But, I mean, the defense is going to suffer as well, which could affect the starting pitch. That's correct. Let me get over to the Seattle side of things, though, for a moment. With Edwin Encarnacion now out of town, it seems like anybody that makes any money in Seattle is not going to be there soon enough. Dan Vogelbach's going to play every single day like he has been. But Vogelbach's in there. But they've also called up Aaron Noel's brother, Austin Nola, who has eligibility, I believe, in Yahoo, for instance, at like three different positions. I know, um, was it in GDD where he had shortstop eligibility or something along those lines? Yep. Austin Nola, it seems like he's going to get a chance here, Matt. In 15-team leagues, is there any interest? Uh, You know what? I wasn't looking at him this week. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing about that trade was that guy Juan Fenn. Yes. The Yankees? Yes, the prospects. Yes. Year? Yes, he, he, was, he was acquired last year. He's 19, 19 years old, and now he's gone again. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that was like FOMO on Jerry DePoto's part that he had to have him back. And the Mariners, just one quick thing. The Mariners will have $0 on their payroll right now, commitment-wise, in, I think, 2022. But that's pretty crazy. And one last note on Cliff Frazier. I believe he unfollowed everybody on Instagram and social media except the DD and somebody else. I forget who that was. It's true. He unfollowed the Yankees at Yankees Instagram on Instagram as well. Cliff Frazier, real mature. We'll take a break. We'll find out about the waiver wire in the NFBC when we come back here on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The morning after. You got AD and LeBron and they're booking parades already in Los Angeles again. The Lakers ain't winning, Jack, guys. You don't win with stars. You need a team. I don't care what league it is. Look at the Patriots. Where are the Patriots stars? They don't have any stars. Don't win the offseason. They off don't season. want any stars. <laughs> and they don't want to win the offseason. Belichick's like, I'm not too. signing this guy. What are you on crack? Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Money Now 100 is not a lender, broker, or agent of any lender or financial advisor. We do not make loans or credit decisions. You must be 18 years or older and a U.S. resident to qualify. This is not an offer or solicitation to lend. I went to MoneyNow100.com and got the $5,000 I needed deposited in my account the next business day. If you need money for any reason, help is here. Go to MoneyNow100.com and get the money you need. Need to pay off credit card debt? Go to MoneyNow100.com. Need your car? 
car repaired? Need home improvement money? Visit MoneyNow100.com. If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all. Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow, the number 100.com. with you on the BFS. Frankie Stample, Greg Sussman here hanging out with you. Matty Moe on a Monday as well. Let's take a look at the two-star pitchers. I was tweeting at Matt um, about it. So we'll get to that in a little bit as well. But let's go over some of the waiver wire players that were picked up this week. Not named Andrew Suarez. We mentioned Jordan Alvarez. He was the highest priced player to go pretty much everywhere. NFBC in your main event, guys. He went for over $500. It makes sense if you have the money. Probably where you spend it. Yeah, absolutely. Went for over $500 in the main event and in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Those are both 15-team mixed roto leagues. I saw some results from 12-team online championships in the NFBC, and he went for considerably lower, anywhere from like $200 to $300. And that makes sense because they're 12-team leagues, and there's uh, there's obviously a higher demand in a 15-team league. But small sample size so far, 57.1% hard hit rate. Uh, the bat and the steamer projections on Fangraphs have him for... Between a 262 and 274 batting average rest of the way and like 15, 16 home runs, over 40 runs and RBIs. So I would expect like a 270 plus batting average, 15 to 20 home runs, something like that out of Jordan Alvarez uh, the rest of the way. Matt, I saw you tweeting last night. You just barely missed out on him in a few 12 team leagues, right? Yeah, in uh, one 12 team league, I had $198 left. I bid 189 and he went for 210. So I was pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat yourself up for it because even if you maxed out with the rest of the money you had left, you still wouldn't have got him. So um, I guess just, <laughs> uh, you know, it depends who you picked up uh, throughout the rest of the season. Uh, hopefully you picked up some guys that were worth it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in the same boat in a lot of leagues. I'm, you know, under $200 out of 1000 left in pretty much all of my 15-team leagues. Shout out to Carter Keyboom. Never forget. But um <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 with you, Matt. I don't I don't have a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of money left, and that's why I ended up with zero Yordan Alvarez shares. I do have two home leagues. They are twelve team head to head points leagues where we have minor league spots, and I chose to roster Kyle Tucker over Yordan Alvarez. So uh, kicking myself a little bit over that as well, but. We'll be all right, Greg. We'll push through. No doubt about it. Now, the other high bid here in your main event, and it makes sense. People are talking about it. Jose Alvarado, no timetable to return to the Rays. So there's saves up for grabs when it comes to Tampa Bay, uh, whether it's Emilio Pigan or Diego Castillo. Castillo is available in your main event. He goes for $57. Jose Leclerc, another closer option. We talked about him last week. He went for $47. Um, I want to move on to Jordan Yamamoto, though, because Yamamoto... Yamamoto made his debut, pitched really well against the Cardinals, and went for $13. I know he's on the Marlins, so wins are going to be tough to come by, but how interested should fantasy owners be in acquiring Yamamoto here, Matt? Uh, for me, I recommended to, to not start him this week. Uh, he was very, extremely impressive. He got the call. He was lined up for that day. Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't have a future in their rotation. I'm not biased against Marlins pitchers. I have Caleb Smith. I have a few shares of him, as well as Pablo Lopez. 
but I think Zach Gallen should be coming very soon. Uh, if it's not this week, I got to think maybe the following. Uh, Hernandez is another option. I'd rather have Hernandez than Yamamoto uh, for fantasy purposes here. And I had him as a conditional bid, uh, Hernandez, but that unfortunately went to uh, Andrew Suarez. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Yamamoto was really impressive, and I get it. He was lined up to start. That's why he got the call. Zach Gallen, ultimately, he's coming. But I don't want to ignore, I don't want to ignore the facts. He pitched really well, Frank. I know the matchup wasn't necessarily the Red Sox, but the Cardinals, despite struggling, there are no pushovers by any means, I don't think. Are you starting Yamamoto this week? Are you going out there and picking him up? I picked him up in one of my home leagues, one of those 12-team points leagues, and it's because in a head-to-head points league, you know, you try and get as many starts as you possibly can. Now, that can backfire because if he goes out there and has two starts where he gets blown up and I get negative points, then, yeah, I'm going to suffer, and, and uh, it's not going to be worth it. But I, I'm I'm a little bit closer to Matt here. Like, I wasn't aggressive in any of, the, any of my deeper leagues because I do worry about the two starts on the road. His first start was at home. Obviously, we like when the Marlins pitchers are pitching at home a little bit more because it's a big, spacious park. And again, I don't think it's a knock on Yamamoto. We talked about him last week, Greg, and we gave him high praise. I mean, seven shutout innings, three hits, two walks, five strikeouts. I want to see more swinging strikes and more first-pitch strikes from him, but uh, he has an interesting mix of pitches. He has an interesting arsenal, but I, I do worry a little bit about the spots here with the two starts on the road at St. Louis and at Philadelphia. Uh, but if you do pick him up and he pitches well on your bench, I wouldn't be so mad because then maybe, you know, that gives you confidence in him moving forward. And, you know, you can potentially have like a back end of your, you know, fantasy rotation starting pitcher there. Uh, but this week, I, I would I would probably leave him on the bench, Greg. Okay, so Yamamoto, according to Matt and Frankie, both leave him on the bench. For me personally, two starts, kind of want to take my chances. Like he was <laughs> He's cool. rolling the dice. I'm rolling the dice. I thought he was pretty good last week. I was impressed. Let's see. It's two starts, so you get an opportunity uh, to see him here twice. The only other name I want to mention that was picked up in your NFBC, gentlemen, was A.J. Pollock. There was mm-hmm. five bucks spent on Pollock. I saw Pollock go in another league um, that I was in. And it didn't cost all that much there either. The Dodgers are rolling right now. Alex Verdugo playing center. Bellinger uh, on one side of him. Jock on another. And this outfield has been pretty good for the Dodgers. Now, when Pollock comes back, he's going to play. Then that's, you know, if he comes back. There's always a a chance that he re-injures himself before he gets there. Are you upset that you didn't get A.J. Pollock here, Matt? Yeah, actually, I am. Uh, last week, in a couple of leagues, I acquired him for probably the same $5 or less. Uh, he was on the bottom of my conditional bids. The only reason I did not get him in this league is I needed to get, I needed to have pitchers this week. And, you know, you, you got to feel that, you have to feel the full roster each week. So I couldn't really afford to uh, put him on this team. But I did get some shares last week. I think now is about the time to get him, and I, I think that second half, he could be a guy where if he steps into that lineup, you know, he can really help you in those final two-plus months. Yeah, especially in deeper leagues, too. Uh, we saw last year we were reminded of the power-speed combination that A.J. Pollock possesses, and according to Roto World, he was able to play catch in the field and take part in light agility drills on Friday, and it's still a few weeks away. So me personally, and this is just me speculating, I, I would imagine second half of the season – Post-All-Star mm-hmm. break, we see A.J. Pollock. And 
Alex Verdugo in the month of June, he is hitting 250, but a 668 OPS. He's slowed down a little bit. Uh, in the month of May, he hit zero home runs. He only has one home run since the beginning of May. He hit nine doubles in the month of May. And if you look at Alex Verdugo's numbers in the minors, that's that's more of the hitter that he was. He was more of a gap-to-gap doubles hitter, and we're hoping that the older that he gets, he that kind of grows into home run power. And there's still definitely a chance that it can happen when it comes to Alex Verdugo, but this is closer to the player that he's been, gap-to-gap doubles hitter. Uh, so the power has slowed down for Alex Verdugo, and I think you know once Pollock is ready to return, second half of the season, that could be the end of everyday playing time for Alex Verdugo. Yeah, it could be despite um, him being a young player himself, growing into, growing into himself, and ultimately needing a playing time to get better. When Pollock comes back, that could spell the end, indeed, for Alex Verdugo. Speaking of players coming back, Jesus Lazardo is amping up the rehab. He pitched four innings uh, yesterday in single-A ball. That was class-A, high-A. And his next start... It's going to come in triple A as Lazardo continues to build up that arm strength. In single A ball yesterday, pitched well. Nine strikeouts over four innings, allowed four hits, uh, and just a single run. Now, the next start, as we said, it's going to be in triple A. And, okay, you've got a couple of starts there. You're looking around the All-Star break, I would think, for Jesus Lazardo to be up for Oakland and try to make that push. For an Oakland A's team, they have to figure out, gentlemen, if they are a buyer or a seller, and they don't want to certainly be in, in the middle. They need to figure it out, and I think they're going to use that time after the All-Star break to determine this. With a guy like Jesus Lazardo, it's almost a blessing in disguise that he was out for the first half, because you don't have to worry about an innings limit now in the second half. This guy can be full bore. Right now, Oakland sits 12 back in the AL West against over, uh, behind the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. In the wild card chase, they're just two and a half games back over the Rangers for the second wild card. The Rangers and the Red Sox, I should say. For the second wild card, they sit a, uh, a two games back of the Indians, so all those teams are ahead of them. They are in the thick of things here. They need to figure out what they are going to be as they sit at exactly 500. If until Lazardo gets back, well, they're going to determine that. They determine if they can go on a push or not, and then sell off, and that could change things uh, for Lazardo going forward. If they rush him, if they don't, uh, so on and so forth. If they need to try to win, if they try to just you know develop players. Lazaro's coming back. He's out there in leagues, Frank. Pick him up. Yeah, absolutely. And we spoke about this last week as well. There's a lot of starting pitchers to stash right now. Obviously, Chris Paddock was sent down. We spoke about that. You're holding on to Chris Paddock, but I would say right next to him, Jesus Luzardo and Zach Gallen. Matt spoke about Zach Gallen a little bit. I think those are the top stash pitchers right now. I mean, I would move them ahead of Alex Reyes. Matt, I saw you tweeting about Alex Reyes over the weekend mm-hmm. as well. He has struggled mightily in his rehab, struggling a lot with walks, giving up a ton of runs. So I personally have moved Lazardo and Zach Gallon ahead of Alex Reyes in terms of starting pitchers that I want to stash. And I think Brendan McKay is getting pretty close to that level as well. So Lazardo, someone that was regarded as highly as Paddock coming into draft season, and then he suffered the injury, but... I mean, rightfully so. The hype is real when it comes to Lazardo. He's got 188 strikeouts and 159 and two-thirds innings pitched in the minors. He's got a 2.48 ERA over 37 appearances. That's 34 starts in the minors. This kid is absolutely legit. Matt, out of everything I just said, what do you agree with? What do you not agree with? Are you stashing these pitchers? Would you move them ahead of Alex Reyes? How do you feel about these guys? I would move them ahead of Alex Reyes, you know. Unfortunately, I dropped Alex Reyes now for Andrew Suarez, just to get back on that. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, move, I'll move past that. <laughs> uh, the thing here is Brandon McKay looks lights out. He looks like he can be a difference maker in this uh, AL East 
you know, coming down the stretch or, or, or in the wild card race. So I think you're definitely going to see him at some point in the second half. Uh, Gallon's been tremendous. Lazardo, here's the one thing. I have him on a lot of draft and hold teams. He's never really gone beyond that, like, five-inning mark. So for baseball, they have to use him as a traditional starter for his growth. For fantasy, you kind of want him to be the follower. That would really boost his stock. But regardless, you know, even if he gives you that just the five innings, the talent's there. Pitching is so thin, so beat up. But his teammate is also, I believe, one step away from going on a rehab assignment. And that's Sean Manaya, who can, you know, also help fantasy owners in that second half. So, you know, Lazardo and Manaya, I'd be keeping an eye on. You know, if if you have that, it depends on, you know, it depends on your bench right now and where you stand and what you can afford to do. Yeah, I wanted to mention Manaya as well, so I'm happy you brought him up. Yeah, he's getting close to rehab, and we saw last year trailed off in the second half of the season, but his first half was phenomenal. Remember, he threw a no-hitter against the Boston Red Sox. Sean Manaya had a phenomenal first half of the season last year, so Amazing. pay attention to him. You know, the the the... The reinforcements are coming for the Oakland A's because, you know, they've been throwing a bunch of names out there. Chris Bassett was all right for a while. He's certainly slowed down. They have Mike Fires there, but they really, really need as much help as they could get on the pitching side. Chris Davis getting healthy. Hopefully they get Piscotty back. So these next couple of months are going to be interesting for the Oakland A's as they figure out whether or not they're going to go for that wild card push. I would expect them to do so since they were there last year. I would expect them to to be around uh, around that race once again. But, uh, yeah, the reinforcements are coming in the form of Sean Manaya and Hazel Cesardo. So pay attention to both of those guys, uh, especially Manaya in deeper leagues as well. Speaking of reinforcements, last night the White Sox called up prospect Zach Collins. He's a catcher, which is interesting for James McCann and for Beef Castillo. What should we know, Matt, when it comes to Zach Collins? Uh, I think the thing here is I think Castillo is injured again, and I think the ascension of Collins uh, is signaling a guy we should have mentioned in this last uh, little segment we were talking about, Dylan Cease, who is a tremendous arm. The White Sox have always kind of been aggressive with their young talent. So he's another guy you're going to see, another name to write down, you know, to maybe stash. Because I I really like this kid for the long term. You know, it might be a bumpy road uh, in 2019, but right now I'm throwing a net at pretty much anybody and giving people opportunities. Frank, what should we know about Zach Collins? Uh, Zach Collins, if there was ever a three-true outcome prospect, it is Zach Collins. <laughs> you look at his uh, his walk rate this year, 17.5% strikeout rate, 32%. He has nine home runs in 50 games. Uh, he also does have a season of 19 home runs as well as a catcher. So he does have big power, but he's going to strike out a lot. He's going to walk a lot. Uh, this is really just someone to pay attention to in AL only for sure. If you start you know, two catchers there or uh, you know, in deeper leagues, 15-team mixed leagues as well you know if your second catcher is uh, struggling and you need some help I think that we're going to see a lot of either Zach Collins at catcher and James McCann at DH or vice versa uh, James McCann has actually been DHing quite frequently recently I think Yonder Alonso is pretty much on the way out here for the White Sox so uh, two catcher leagues deeper leagues uh, specifically pay attention to Zach Collins uh, if you need some pop as well all right Zach Collins in two catcher leagues specifically you're looking for pot, which we kind of all are. Your second catch is struggling, which they always are. Zach Collins, if he gets the playing time, uh, could wind up being an option. Matt, we obviously need to get the two start pitchers, so let me get to my personal question before the break, and then we'll hit the break, and we'll, we'll, we'll hit on all of these guys. But 
when we did this on Friday with Florio, Frankie, there was a name that kind of stood out to me as somebody I was interested in, and that was Brett Anderson. Two home games for the A's. First one's against Baltimore. Second one, home against Tampa Bay. We've spoken a lot now about the Oakland Athletics thus far on this program. Matt, you said to me on Twitter, you never want to be the Brett Anderson guy. What about this week? I think this may be the exception to the rule. Uh, as I mentioned before, the just the landscape of pitching has been so miserable. You, you know, you're getting burned by everyone. Pitched well. You, you, we're looking at matchups here. It's a two-start. So I'm kind of with you. Uh, he's a guy that I would never really insert into my lineups, but he would be uh, an option this week. Yeah, I think especially in deeper leagues, 12-teamers, probably not going to be able to do it there, but 15-teamers, anything deeper than that, AL only as well. Uh, I could get behind it. You look at the matchups, the Rays, in terms of Woba, weighted on-base average against left-handed pitching this year. They are 15th in baseball, while the Baltimore Orioles are 22nd. So not really uh, terribly tough matchups here for Baltimore Orioles in terms of uh, how teams have fared against left-handed pitching. I could see it in deeper leagues, Greg, but in 12-teamers, I can't get behind it. Damn. Sorry, bud. Yeah, I'm with Frank on that. I really Matt! I, I, you know, I have a personal question. I want to ask Matt. It, it actually right. affects before both the, of us Before as the well. break, please. Before yeah. the break. We got about a minute left here, Matty. But uh, Zach Wheeler, man. Zach Wheeler at the Braves, at the Cubs. I mean, these are tough matchups. The Braves are the hottest team in baseball. You starting Zach I, Wheeler? I, I have to start him. I'm, I'm a guy that's going to stick with the studs. He's from uh, Georgia, so I'm going to go with that. Look. The Mets, haven't, the Mets did not help him out in that game versus the Yankees. That defense was terrible. Probably should only have been two earned runs. You got to go eat studs. I do worry, though. I, you know, Greg, I, I worry, man. I agree. It, it, I have him in a few 12-team leagues, and Braves, hottest team in baseball. Both starts are on the road. Uh, you know, if the wind is blowing out in Wrigley, I mean, that could turn into a disastrous start. He struggled with home runs. Two hot teams. This is one of those two starts where you just need everything to defy logic. You need the baseball gods to support Zach Wheeler. We're crossing our fingers. We're throwing him in, in there. He's a Met. They don't support those. That's true. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll go over the, some more two-star pitches, Matty Moe, and we'll take a look at our best bets forever. That comes your way next. I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But a lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible. But since I've experienced it, your commercials aren't strong enough. I am 76 and I've had a belly for way too long. My whole body is shrinking. My energy level has gone up. And the only thing difference is under 400. It's great stuff. I tried other products and nothing happened. Guys, if you'd like to lose stubborn belly fat, gain energy, and feel years younger, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 andro400.com let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. 
Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Back with you here on the BFFs. You're serious about fantasy football. It's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package. It includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting best ball and NFL draft content every day of the year. Give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that's your play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, available now only at rotoexperts.com. All righty then. Benny Mo, two start pitchers, the guy you were tweeting about, and I actually got texts from my friends that now follow you, saying they love when you're tweeting about Merrill Kelly, who's got a two-start week at home for both against the Rockies and the Giants. Yeah, I mean, Merrill Kelly at home especially has pitched really well, uh, even against some really good competition. The thing is, if you split his uh, season in half, these last seven starts, he made a dramatic change with his, uh, he altered the pitch mix here. He cut the sinker in half. The cutter has become a prominent pitch that has paid dividends for him. So those are the two main things. I kind of highlight that in my article, him and a couple other guys like Lance Lynn with the uh, pitch mix and how it's kind of changed their game and really affected them. But at home, especially, you get the road Rockies here. Uh, Rockies are a totally different team. And he's, he's, he's a guy that I am targeting. San Francisco at home as well. So he's a must for me. Yeah, Merrill Kelly at home this year, 2.35 ERA while on the road, 4.95. You got to love that start against the San Francisco Giants as well. And you get the Rockies outside of Coors Field, so I can get behind that as well. And Matt, I've noticed a trend. You know, it's whenever guys are struggling, they start to use this cutter more. And I've really noticed this with you, Darvish, as well. It's look, you start to use the cutter more if your fastball is ineffective. If your sinker, if your four seamer is ineffective, you start to use the cutter more. And it's working well for Merrill Kelly. It's also working well. For you, Darvish, so I can get behind you uh, because of that 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 pitch mix change when it comes to Kelly. Yeah, I mean uh, he's not the only one. Look at what Lance Lynn is doing in Texas. I've never been a Lance Lynn guy. I even stated that in my article. You know, it's a, it's a bit of probably maybe a personal bias. I call him fantasy blind spots. We all have them. I don't care what you say. I try not to, but uh, Lance Lynn has been terrific. Of late, uh, his last seven starts as well. He's been a different pitcher, and I never like recommending Texas pitchers, but he's won along with teammate uh, Adrian Sampson. Look what Mike Miner's done this season. So, you know, as crazy as it is to say, there's some good pitching going on in Texas as far as starters go. 
Yeah, and I'm happy you brought up Adrian Sampson, too, because we put out a poll before the show asking which two-star pitcher do you like most, Adrian Sampson, Merrill Kelly, Tyler Skaggs, and Michael Pineda. Merrill Kelly, with the help of you, of course, Matty Modica, at CTM Baseball, is winning the, the vote 51%. Adrian Sampson, number two, 33% of the vote here. He gets the Cleveland Indians and the White Sox. The matchups are pretty good, Matt. And he, like Merrill Kelly, has pitched much better at home. A little surprising because Globe Life Park in Arlington, uh, more so regarded as a hitter's park, but he got a 2.70 ERA at home compared to a 6.92 ERA on the road. So I'm seeing a little bit Merrill Kelly here as well when it comes to Adrian Sampson. Two pretty good matchups at home. Do you like Sampson this week? Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, unfortunately, I don't own him. I didn't win him anywhere. I did put in for him over the last two weeks. Uh, but I would be starting him. I mean, look at the matchups. Even with that blow-up against the Red Sox last week, uh, Merrill Kelly, is, I mean, Merrill Kelly, Adrian Sampson still had the 26th best ERA among pitchers uh, with uh, 30 innings pitched over the last 30 days. So that's telling you how he's been successful. I can't explain it. I looked at the pitch mix and everything else like that. Pretty much throwing the slider at the same rate and all that, but maybe it's a different grip or something. I'm not really sure. But at this point, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm going to roll him out. And, you know, if if he gets blown up twice this week, then it's time to move on. Yeah, I could, get, I could agree with that. And I was looking at some June splits yesterday, the leaderboard so far for the month of June starting pitchers. And Adrian Sampson ranks in the top 15 in K percentage minus walk percentage. So uh, he's limiting the walks. He's getting some strikeouts as well, pitching well at home. I can get behind it. I like it. Um, when it comes to Adrian Sampson this week, the Indians and White Sox not really scared off by those matchups. Matt, someone else in that poll, Tyler Skaggs going up against the Toronto Blue Jays and the St. Louis Cardinals. Two teams that you have been able to stream against. I know that you like streaming against the Blue Jays all season long. The St. Louis Cardinals have been a little bit cold here in the month of June, but both starts are on the road. Tyler Skaggs has a 6.11 ERA on the road this season. A lot of people like Skaggs coming into the year, but hasn't really been able to figure it out this year. Matt, do you like him this week with the two starts? You know what? As much as I love talking to Toronto, and that lineup is actually getting much better with these kids. Uh, you know, everybody getting called up. Uh, Lourdes Goriel on his return has played really well. You got Biggio, you know, atop the lineup now, too. So I I don't know if I can justify going with Skaggs this week. And I've been a Skaggs supporter. But on the road, he just has been atrocious. And I'm probably going to pass on Skaggs for, the, for this two-step. I, know, uh, I think in deeper leagues, I might be able to do it. 15-teamers. <laughs> The Cardinals and the Blue Jays are 17th and 26th, respectively, Mm -hmm. uh, against left-handed pitching in terms of Woba this year. So they are good matchups on paper, but Skaggs hasn't pitched well on the road. So you got to break out your triple beam balance here and kind of weigh the pros and cons when it comes to Skaggs. But I I think in a 15-teamer, I could get behind it, Greg. Anything shallower than that, I I can't do it with Skaggs. You know I'm doing it. You're doing it. Of course I (laughs) Two-star week, man. I can't wait until you come in on Wednesday and you're just like, why did I do Tyler Skaggs thing? But it feels, Wednesday's going to be brutal with Tyler Skaggs and Brett Anderson coming off, coming off both of their starts. <laughs> oh, man. You are living life dangerously here, Greg. You got him, man. It's June. It's fantasy baseball. What am I going to do? Not start Brett Anderson and Tyler Skaggs. Uh, good answer. There you go, Greg. Good answer. This is going to be one of those at the end of the week where you can't blame me because I told you not to do it. Ah. Just like some other things that you've done in leagues and you're like, well, you told me I could do it, so I did it. This is one you said don't do, admittedly. All right. But I want to do it. Okay. Say, hopefully we get to, our, to talk you out of it. We'll get to our best bets. Hopefully they go better for you uh, this week than they did last year, last week, Frank. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you're right. Uh, Matt, are there any other two-star pitchers that we haven't mentioned that 
you can get behind uh, Michael Pineda, Danny Duffy, uh, Freddie Peralta. I don't know why anyone would do that, but uh, is there anyone else? You know what? As far as Freddie Peralta goes, look, I, I get it. It's, you don't know what's going to happen. It's either you know the possibilities are in favor of a blow-up, but you know Cincinnati strikes out a ton. Uh, San Diego strikes out a ton. So, in, in a deeper league, if you if you were desperate and you had to do it. I could see an argument for it. I'll put it that way. Felix Pena is uh, somebody on this list that I do like. Uh, he's, uh, he plays that follower role, which is perfect for him. I know he got blown up like a week or so ago really bad. I mean, it was an atrocious performance, but he's, he's a good pitcher. I get behind him. Pineda, I, I'm really going to try to avoid him. I'm, I'm not a Pineda guy. I know he can strike people out, but he gives up the home runs. You know, the Red Sox are, are playing better. And, you know, Kansas City's got some power on that team, too. So, Pineda's not a guy for me. Danny Duffy is an absolute uh, no bueno for me. No bueno when it comes to Danny Duffy. Uh, I do like the, like, if you're playing a a daily league where you could set, you could, you know, pick players up and, and, and start them there. Mm-hmm. I actually have Danny Duffy. I could get behind the Mariners start, but... Uh, uh, the other start is against the what do we got here? Uh, the Minnesota Twins. I can't do that. So that's why yep. you know the two start. It's you know it's one okay matchup. The Mariners trading away Encarnacion. They're going to start and trade away, uh, starting to trade away more of their other pieces. You could start to stream pitchers against the Mariners, but against the Twins, that's why I don't really like it. So in a, a daily transaction league, I like Danny Duffy for that first start at Seattle, but against the Minnesota Twins, I don't really like that. Same thing when it goes to Pineda. It's like. Can't really trust him against Boston at KC. Maybe he could perform all right there. I remember, I believe it was, I believe it was against Kansas City like a couple of years ago when he was in the Yankees. He had like some crazy 15 strikeout performance against the Royals. Obviously a different team then, but uh, this randomly popped into my mind, Greg. Speaking <laughs> of things randomly popping into our minds, and I just saw this uh, actually this morning. I did not see it on Friday. Matt, I wanted to throw it to you here. Did you see the intentional balk on Friday night? I did not see it, but I was all over Twitter, and I don't. He said he wanted the guy on third base. Yeah, it was. Did you see this, Frank? Intentional balk. Yeah. So, so what happened is, is the it's the bottom of the ninth inning or, or top of the ninth inning rather. The Dodgers are up five three over the Cubs. Jason Hayward gets on base. I guess he hit a. I guess he hit a, a double, or somehow he got to second base. Whatever. There are two outs. And Victor Caratini is up. Okay? He was so petrified, was Kenley Jansen, of Jason Hayward stealing signs at second base. It was a 5-3 game, so the home run, uh, home run will tie it. Yep. Hayward did not matter if he scores a run, whatever. Okay. He was so petrified of the Cubs stealing signs from second base, wow. Kenley Jansen committed an intentional balk to move Hayward to third. Wow. To make sure those signs were stolen. That is insane. I, I guess, I mean, that's like some next level, like, baseball logic. I mean, I, I could see why he would want to do it. Correct. He's really that scared. And it's like, Henley Jansen, they were talking about this last night on the ESPN broadcast, too. Like, clearly hasn't been himself. He's not like the Kenley Jansen of old. He's more of like a mid-threes ERA closer now. But I don't even see a... Man, you're that worried about... You know, if, they, if, the, if the hitter knows the difference between a, a sinker or a cutter, if he knows what's coming, then maybe he could square it up more. I mean, I could see some of the logic, but, man, I've never heard of an intentional balk. How about you, Matty Mo? No, I've never heard of it before. I, I agree. I thought it was really interesting, but 
I didn't even know you. Were, you know, I, I guess because he, he said, "I'm gonna do. A, I'm I'm gonna intentionally do." A he did it. He literally looked to his yeah. infielders. I'm looking at it. Turned back and said, "I'm gonna balk. I'm gonna balk. I'm gonna balk." And he just sat there. I don't know how this is a balk, but he just sat there like playing with his necklace. I guess on the rubber, maybe. Yeah. Uh, just playing with his necklace until the umpire said balk. It's interesting. Wild. It's wi- that is wild. wild. That is uh, that is insane. That is insane. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it, Greg. Yeah, I, I've, I've never seen uh, anything like that as well. Uh, Matty Mo, any parting words, my friend? No, just, you know, we're in for, you know, another great week of baseball. So, you know, everybody, good luck. And, you know, hopefully pitching is better this week than it was last week, at, at least for me. Follow Matty Mo at CTM Baseball on Twitter. You can also read his, uh, read what he has to say on the Athletic Listeners Podcast uh, each and every week. Matty Mo, we appreciate the time, sir. And we'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Matty, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, all of us, soon enough, our conversations turning to football and figuring out who you like in football. Oh, yeah, no, that's going to be fun. I'm, I'm starting my prep, too. You, you know, you got to get, you, you, yeah, I started a couple of weeks ago. You got to get involved, you know. You got to. Season's coming fast. Absolutely. I'm excited to uh, start looking as well. With that, we're going to say goodbye on YouTube for now. Coming up next, Sean Guastamacchia will have you covered at the window, at the betting window, let you know where to place those NFL futures. Take a look at what happened this past week, and I'm sure opine on that Anthony Davis trade. Frank, before we get to the best bets forever, why don't we take a minute and, and I guess discuss the Anthony Davis trade from our perspective. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a win-win for both sides. Obviously, I agree with you. you can't. You have to decide what you want to do with LeBron James. You can't have him on this team with another year of developing young players around him. When you have LeBron James on your team, age thirty-four, age thirty-five season, you have to win. You have to put yourself in position to win now. And I think the Lakers did just that. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans ended up with a massive haul. They get Lonzo Ball. They get Brandon Ingram. They get Josh Hart. They get three first-round picks, and I believe they have the ability to swap picks in every year that they don't have one of those first-round picks from the New Orleans Pelicans. So just a massive haul here for that team. And now they have a young nucleus of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zion Williamson. They have the fourth overall pick as well in this draft, which they've talked about potentially moving. So they're getting some interest there. So um, they're very busy, very busy down in New Orleans. But uh, they, they might put themselves in position to be a really good defensive team with Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday playing together. And look, the Lakers are now the, the favorites to win the NBA Finals. They are 3-1 to one favorites, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And they're looking at bringing in potentially a Kemba Walker or a Kawhi Leonard. You get your third superstar in there. And the West is wide open next year because we know the Golden State Warriors will be without... Kevin Durant, and likely Klay Thompson for the entirety of the season. So the Western Conference is open for the taking, Greg. Yes, Western Conference is out there, given all the injuries in Golden State. I also thought it was a win-win. I give a lot of credit to David Griffin because somehow that offer um, that we heard about from the Lakers to the Pelicans midseason, it got better. I mean, he got... You think so? I, I thought they should have taken it midseason. No, oh, no way, no, man. The Lakers were offering Kuzma, too. They didn't want Kuzma. They wanted the picks because not only, yeah. because now they have this year's number four pick, which... Who, you know, at the time, you didn't know that it was going to be the fourth pick. So you yeah. the number four pick. Then you get two other first-round picks, plus the ability to swap with the Lakers at one point in there. Four potential first-round picks from the Lakers there, and there's a bunch of protections that make sure that the pick's going to be good. Right? Like, they... If they don't take a pick one year, they can take it another year. Yep. It's, it's really, really impressive, I thought, what Griffin did. The only thing that does scare me, because I was talking to Dr. Mitchell Roslin about this on Doc Jock... He said Ingram was untradeable because of his blood clots. Because if it's as bad as like Chris Bosh, his career is over. So he was a little bit concerned about Ingram. 
Uh, obviously, the Pelicans and their doctors were not make the trade happen. I agree. They had to do it because you have the, the young players, the young draft picks in 2020 or 2022, 2020 is next year. In 2022, doesn't matter. You got to get a guy in his prime right now. And that's why Anthony Davis is a blockbuster trade and ultimately sets up the Knicks to once again be a disaster. Oh, come on, Greg. Trust the process, man. They're building through the draft. Let's not do anything too crazy. And now we got reports over the weekend. They could be interested in Julius Randle. Honestly? Kind of down. You love Julius Randle. I Randall. love That's Julius Randle. He's my guy. Hey, I mean, come on. Let, let's, uh, let's continue to build this team from the ground up. A young team. Julius Randle is young in that regard as well. If you have a lineup of Dennis Smith, R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, at the least... They'll be fun to watch. I agree. At the least. All right, let's get to our best bets forever. Frank, it was not a great week for you. Maybe we'll make this week better. Let's, let's start keeping track of these two as well. I mean, I mean, I believe I'm like undefeated, I'll assume. So. Yeah, we, honestly, for your sake, we should have been keeping track a long time ago. Correct. So that we could tell everyone that Greg's like, I don't know, 12-2 and two over the past two weeks. I'm doing well, man. He's absolutely crushing it. So doing shout well. out to Greg. He's, uh, he's getting it done. I have not been... As formidable as Greg, so, well, admittedly. Doesn't matter, though. We're starting to keep track I did now. a little bit more research this morning. Oh, yeah? I'm taking an underdog money line that okay. I feel very good about, Greg. That yeah. is the Houston Astros going yep. into Cincinnati uh-huh. against Luis Castillo. The Astros have performed very well against right-handed pitching so far this year. The Reds, on the other hand, have not performed well against left-handed pitching. We know how good the Houston Astros are. I don't care that they're on the road. They're an underdog in this spot, plus 106 money line, I'm taking Wade Miley and the Strohs against the Reds, Greg. For me, I look to Washington. It's Patrick Corbin taking on Jake Arrieta. I'm looking at the under here, Frank. Ten runs. It's a lot of runs, I thought. That is a lot. I thought, I thought ten was a lot. You got Corbin. You got Arietta. Uh, the under here, minus 106. That's what we're going to take tonight. We like under ten runs in the Nats and the Phillies. The only other lean I had was Wade Miley and the Astros. I thought that was a clear. You get the Astros at plus money. It's a no-brainer for me. I love what you're doing there, Frank. So give me that as well. One other one I like. I'm not I'm not taking it. I like Zach Wheeler in the Mets tonight. I like Zach Wheeler in the Mets tonight. He's on an island. That's all right. I'll be there. I want to thank Matty Moe, and I want to thank everybody downstairs for all their help. As we say, Sean Guas, the Machia, and at the window comes your way next. For Frank Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 